Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life Certification Program and best-selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment, so let's get started. everyone and welcome back to the podcast. You are going to enjoy the guest today. She is a kindred spirit to me because she is passionate about helping introverts. And uh, oftentimes we can get confused as to what an introvert really is, especially when they're doing an extrovert type of job. So we're going to talk a lot about that, helping introverts lean into who they are to use their hidden gifts and not fake it to try and be like an extrovert. I love her passion. Her company is called Blossom to Success, LLC. And uh, you can find her at blossomtosuccess.com and on Instagram and Facebook. And her podcast are all Blossom to Success. So welcome to the show, Karen Hewitt. Thank you, Victoria. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I appreciate you being here. I also just want to quickly give out your email to the listeners. It is Karen at BlossomToSuccess.com. You have shared with me that you have overcome a lot of obstacles and adversity in your past where a lot of people would have probably got stuck in the story, but you've made your way through and now are helping others. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, of course. My story is more common than you really want to admit to. I was in a marriage which was extremely violent and a lot of people hear domestic violence and they think of the you know, beatings or verbal abuse. Like I said, it is a lot more common than we want to admit because people don't talk about it. It's this shame thing. And I wanted to try and overcome that. Now, in my relationship, it the police actually classified it as extreme domestic violence because we notated on four separate occasions where he actually tried to kill me. Oh, my goodness, Karen. Um, I had weapons pointed at me and choked and just quite a lot of things. And a couple of times I actually thought I died, Mm -hmm. but I just lost consciousness. And in that moment, it was like a gratitude that I was gone because I thought I didn't have to endure it anymore. Yes. And I stayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the one thing people are always like, so why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave? They corrupt your mind so much that you feel like you have no choice but to stay. And I think that's a really good point to make to the listeners. I was one of those people who always said, you know, I will never tolerate this, you know, whether it's violence or cheating or whatever it is in a marriage uh, or a relationship. But let me tell you, when you are the person it is happening to, it changes everything. And especially I think in a case when it is domestic violence, you are so beaten down emotionally that you're not, you're not even able to make those big decisions. It's not like, oh, we got married and then you know, he beat me up the next day or he beat me up when we were dating. It was a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And the first time he reacted to me, it was because I had done something and it was minuscule. I was late home from work mm-hmm. and he hit me. And then he passed it off as how worried he was about me, how I had him all panicked and he reacted. He gave me a sob story about how his dad beat him and how he needed me to help fix him. And so 
then you feel like, okay, this is not going to happen again. He's so sorry. I feel bad for him. And you end up nurturing him. Correct. And it's no longer about what they did to you. It's about how you can fix them. Mm-hmm. And it escalates. And I also believe in something called positive control. Mm-hmm. And what positive control is, people who are abusive control you in a positive way. For example, let's say you're dating someone and they go, oh my goodness, Victoria, you look amazing in that dress. You mm-hmm. look beautiful. Oh my gosh, you are so gorgeous right now. You feel good, right? Mm-hmm. You feel amazing. And then they go, you go out for another date and they're like, oh, Victoria, why don't you go put that dress, that dress you wore last week, you look so so amazing that just oh my gosh you you should go put that dress back on Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know where you're going here yes go ahead you know it you're dressing like they want you're talking like they Mm -hmm. want you're doing everything they want because we have this innate desire as a human to make people happy that's right yeah and to please them and we lose we lose ourselves in that I'm so amazed that you have managed to come out of this to become a certified life coach, NLP coach, and now a speaker that helps others. Did you have to go through some post-traumatic stress? Like, how did you, how did you get from there to here? Well, the day I decided I was done, a friend actually helped me leave mm-hmm. and we pressed charges. He ended up in jail, everything like that. And I went to a therapist. And it was a court-recommended traumatic survivor therapist. Mm -hmm. And they spent all their time asking me why I didn't leave and why I stayed, making me feel like I was guilty for staying. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And it turns out that's really common. Instead of putting the blame on the aggressor, we asked the survivor why they didn't do more. Wow. I'm really glad you're sharing this because I think there's people who are listening who are in this situation. And it's really important that we get that message across that no matter what, no matter what, it is not your fault. And I went through years of feeling like it was all my fault. I was not good enough. I eventually got remarried and we ended up with our first child. And I had been forcing myself to go to work every single day. And I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. I was absolute mess because during the default proceedings, he actually said in front of the whole court, you know, cause it was, it was contested. So we had to bring a, a judge into the room to help. Mm-hmm. If he ever saw me again, I'd take the last breath I'd ever take. Oh my goodness. And I was actually diagnosed as agoraphobic Mm -hmm. within months of that because it got to the point where I knew he was in jail, but I swear I saw him in the grocery store. I swear I saw him there. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to leave my house. And so we were, me and my new husband, this is a couple of years later after therapy. And my husband, he is amazing. He is an absolute, he is my soulmate. I am so so grateful I found him and he's so supportive of me and all these that he does everything he can to help me and we were expecting our first child and he says you know what the stress isn't worth it we want to homeschool anyway just become a stay-at-home mom and I'll figure it out so he allowed me to step into that and get some stress off me but finances you know how it happens. Things start to get tight because now only one of you working, you have kids. It was the point I was eight months pregnant with our third. We now have five kids. <laughs> oh, wow. And I had to do something to bring money in. But I was completely terrified. And that's when my mom, she told me that 
there isn't just one way to do things. There's always another thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, have you, you know the story of Amelia Earhart, right? Mm-hmm. How she overcome so much. She was like, she was this woman and she wasn't supposed to do these things. And there's something that always strikes me. It's a quote that she said, and it's like, flying may not all be plain sailing, but the fun of it is worth the price. Uh, yes. And my mom used that one to me. And she's like, it may not be plain sailing, but think about what you can do and will it be worth the price? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to put myself out there. So I started with social media, mm-hmm. helping people. And then after my mom passed, I was like, I was still getting problems with people telling me, oh, well, you can't do it. just fake it till you make it. I mean, come on. And they pushed me into an organization called Toastmasters mm-hmm. so I could get over my fear of speaking. Mm-hmm. And it was to fake it till I made it. But I quickly realized that I didn't need to fake anything. As we discussed earlier, an introvert is not, we're not scared of people. We're not scared of communicating. It's not like we don't want to, we want to shut ourselves away from the world. My agoraphobia did that, to which I've worked hard to overcome, basically with making myself go places with small groups and building up and getting techniques to help me. It's that if we have something that we're passionate about, we can really speak to hundreds of thousands. But stick us in a small room with three people we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That's not fun at all. We dread that. It breaks us out into cold sweats. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I think that a lot of people assume that people who are in the public eye are more extroverted than introverted. And for myself personally, I'm an introvert and yet I do a very public job and uh, and love every moment of it. But part of being an introvert is knowing that I need to be alone to refuel and I need to have that downtime to refuel. Whereas with the extroverts, that's how they refuel. They're out there with the people doing fun things and having this activity. And that is you know, how they renew their spirit. So I think that it's important to let the listeners know that no matter what you fall into, introvert or extrovert, lean into who you are. As you said, that's what you teach. Lean into who you are and use your your hidden gifts. And can you tell me a little bit about your business now, how you help those, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself find their way in the world? There's a few ways that I do this. One, we have a lot of communication and I talk a lot about alignment and leaning into who you are. I have so many coaches come to me and they want help and they're like, well, I need to teach SEO and Facebook ads and pixels because that's all the rage right now and people want to know that. And I'm like, but does that make you happy? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, we have this get rich quick society. Mm-hmm. And they want to jump on the latest trend. Yes. And I spend time actually digging into where they're aligned and what is bringing them joy in their life. What is their power? Mm-hmm. And different people have different powers. And what that could be, it could be that somebody is absolutely fantastic at helping people tell their story. Mm-hmm. So we discuss that and we discuss how that they can lean into that and showcase themselves as somebody to help them write a story rather than trying to focus on all these keywords and these trends. Mm-hmm. And yes. when they lean into what they're actually passionate about, that's actually when they see success. I have so many people that are like, I'm a coach. I teach this. I teach business. Okay. I teach business, but I can't get a client to save my life and nobody buys my courses and no one comes on my webinars. And mm-hmm. as we dig in, it's 
you're not passionate about business. You do business, you know business, you know what to do, but it burns you out. And half the time when, sorry. So I was just going to ask, so how do people find that passion? I mean, I think that everyone listening can think of a time in their life when they were working, doing everything right, but at something that they weren't at all passionate about. So how do you find what it, instead of doing what you think you should be doing, how do you find your passion? Well, first, what I do is there is a free resource out there called MindMeister. Mm-hmm. Can you okay. tell tell me how to spell that again? I didn't quite hear it. MindMeister, M-I-N-D-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Okay. It's a website for mind mapping. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you put an idea in and you can do it on paper too. You don't have to use a website, but you can, you can do it on paper. I'm very digital. I don't like a lot of paper around. And what I have them do is I have them start off with what do they enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. Then I ask them, what do you like to talk about? What do you like to discuss? And imagine you're in a room with your friends. You're in a room with your best friend, your sister, your mother, your brother, your uncle, whoever it is that you feel most at home with. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? What are you spending that happy time discussing? And from there, we ask questions. Mm-hmm. So they're like, if they tell me, you know, and it's like, I, I want you to take things like entertainment out. We're not going to talk about TV shows. <laughs> we're, you know, we're not going to talk about those things. But they may say, you know, I really, we talk about fishing and I'm using random things. Okay, why do you talk about fishing? Well, it's because I'm taking time for myself and having quiet and reflect, you know, and reflecting on things. Okay, so why does that make you happy? And they start going on, well, it's because I think everyone needs to reflect. I think everyone needs to take that time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And as they're talking, you're asking questions, you find out where their passion is. And that is actually one of my clients is they would, every time they got stressed, they'd go fishing. Mm-hmm. And that was a happy time. And where they excel in is speaking about taking the risk on taking time for yourself. Yes. But without that discussion on fishing, we would not have got to that. And there okay, is- so that makes a lot of sense. So asking yourself then, what do you enjoy doing? What do you like to discuss? And that will give you these little sparks of passion to help you find your way. And you can do this with, you can do this with a coach or you can even do this yourself. Sit there and ask yourself questions about each of these things. Don't just go, well, I like to color. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you like to color? What feeling does that bring up in yourself? Why do you talk about coloring? What is it you want other people to know about this? And as you ask those questions, it's not the subject or the hobby, it's that underlying theme. Right. And by digging into that, I actually started my speaking journey to speak out about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And then everyone kept telling me to fake it because I'm an introvert. And I was like, no, I don't need to fake it. I can be me. Absolutely. And that's when I realized it's that underlying theme of your life. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it time and time again, that when people just step into who they are and not what they see other people being or what they think they should be, that's when the success just magically happens. Yes. And we tell people so often that they're not allowed to be themselves. Mm-hmm. That is the worst thing we can do. Yes. I want you to think of little kids. When little kids are five or six, they'll tell you that they want to be an astronaut or a firefighter or just anything. They'll tell you what they want to be. They may even tell you they want to be a puppy. And 
what we do is when they're five or six, we encourage that. We tell them, yes, of course you can be anything you want. But as soon as they start to get into a teenager, I want to be an astronaut. Do you realize that only 0.02% of people who go through the <laughs> astronaut program actually go into space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, you, you'll probably agree that a lot of times the people who are shooting down our dreams are the people who are closest to us. And it's just because they're afraid for us and they want what's best for us. But we do get our dreams as we age, like you said, they become a little tarnished and not such a bright shining light anymore and so harder to find. And we do it to kids as well. I mean, this whole thing of being an introvert, living in an extrovert's world, it didn't happen overnight. You didn't turn 21 and then all of a sudden decide you can't be an introvert anymore. Mm -hmm. All through your life, you're being told that there's a cookie cutter way we're supposed to act in society. Mm -hmm. And if you don't act that way, you are shamed in schools. They are bullied because, you know, oh, that's the quiet book nerd. Right. And you become feeling less than. You become feeling less than. Yeah. I want to tap into that true self. Beautiful. That's, that's like I said, that's where the magic happens when they are in their true self. And part of being your true self is this talking about domestic violence and as a speaker. And can you, I know that you you mentioned that you um, sought out some professional help. What were some of the tools that you used to change your thinking? Because, you know, obviously when you've been in a situation where you have been suffering from domestic violence, your thought patterns change. How did you correct your self, your thought patterns to what they are today? Oh my gosh. Yes. Your thought patterns get, they get screwed up. Just plain and simple. You go through life thinking that you are less than, that you're no good. And it doesn't matter what anyone else tells you it has been so ingrained in your being yeah and that is actually when I discovered NLP mm-hmm. I paid for a coach and they also turned out to be an NLP practitioner and they started to use some of those tools with me and those tools are what eventually helped me mold my own mindset for example this is one of my favorite tricks I'm going to tell you everyone this have you ever been told that instead of saying you can't you should say I can't you know whether you can or you can't you're right that's right Okay. And you tell me, you tell yourself, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And someone says, no, yes, you can. You can just say you can and you'll do it. Mm-hmm. How fake do you feel saying I can do this when in the back of your head, you say, no, I can't. <laughs> the conflict that's in your body and in your mind at that time hurts you more than helps you. So one of the things with NLP is to change, slowly rewire your brain. So one of my favorite tools is the word yet. Mm-hmm. Just Y-E-T. For example, I can't run a marathon, Victoria. I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. So most coaches say, no, tell yourself you can't. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Go on. I can do this. I can do this. That works for a very small percentage of people. How you change your mind is, you know, Victoria, I can't run a marathon yet, but I will. But I will. Yes. So I talked to you about before we got on the podcast that I do a lot of work with Louise Hay materials and philosophies. And one thing that she always said is that everything's an affirmation. And whether you're saying I can or I can't, it's still an affirmation. And so I like that you're using the, the word yet, but I will. Yet, but I will, or yet, and I will. And I would also just like to mention something that I suggest to people that they do is just be willing. So, you know, let's use your example of of the marathon. You know, I am willing or I am willing to consider or I'm willing to be willing to run a marathon. Just changing that mindset. And when it comes to really learning to love ourselves, especially after a situation where we have endured abuse, 
I think that 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 part of what you're saying that that positive self talk is so important, and just learning to love ourselves again. Right. So, how did you learn to love yourself again? It was a long journey. Mm-hmm. One of the things one of the things that happened was not a, a tool of search, but my own kids. Mm-hmm. Children see you in the most positive light. Yes, and it's infectious. And I refused to do anything for myself for the longest time, even with kids. And it took until my second child was four for me to even admit to do anything for myself. And it was because of comments that she would make. She would tell me, oh, you're pretty, mom. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> and it was because that was ingrained in my head that yeah. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. And it was very difficult to overcome. So some of the things I started to do, and I would recommend for everyone is one, meditation. Mm -hmm. Our brains are so busy that we drown ourselves out with our thoughts. Yes. That even if you have the best of intentions, if you don't take stop, and even if it's just you do a three minute meditation. Mm -hmm. So many people say, if if you are busy, meditate for an hour a day. And if you're busy, meditate for two. (laughs) I've heard that. Yes. So what you're saying is learn to quiet the chatter uh, between your ears. Quiet the chatter between your ears. Just take two minutes and breathe. I don't care if people are doing specific audios or music or in Yang Gardens. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just breathe. Yes. Meditate by sitting and focusing on your breath. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's all you do for just a couple of minutes. And as you get used to being able to quiet your own mind, even if you can only quiet it for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. that gives you the chance to interject these positive thoughts of yourself. Yes. And one of the, and this is where the yet tool comes in, because one of the first things that will happen when you interject a positive thought is your brain's going to snap back with the negative. Mm-hmm. So when something snaps back with negative, your brain is hardwired to accept that. And by telling yourself, you know what, that is where I am right now. it's going to change by using the yet and I will. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you're gently leading your brain into a positive mindset. You're not just yanking it. Mm -hmm. You're affirming that, you know, absolutely what you're feeling right now is valid. Where your emotion is and where your brain is, is completely valid because you have been told this. You have believed this. However, we're going to change that. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel led to that change, not dragged. Yes. Exactly. And I think that that's really important. It's funny that you're saying that because I wrote an Instagram post about that very thing today about how it is so important that we actually feel our feelings and not just plaster on a smiley face and pretend that everything is great. However, feeling our feelings doesn't mean that we need to stay stuck there. So no. for ex- for what you're saying, you know, you could be looking in the mirror and saying, I don't love you yet, but I will. Right. I don't think you're beautiful yet, or I don't see the light in you yet, but I will, which eventually then works its way into, I love you. I think you're beautiful. I see the light in you. Yeah. And using that, I I have actually helped people who've told me that from domestic violence, they feel worthless. They don't feel pretty. They don't feel like anyone would find them attractive. Mm -hmm. So one of the exercises I've had them do is, you know, say, I don't feel beautiful. Yeah, but I will. And as they get <laughs> more comfortable, because at first that it feels painful to say I will. Yes. It hurts. Yeah. But then I have them interject. I don't feel beautiful, but I will. And my eyes are a really nice shade of. Yes. Because they can't argue with what color eyes they have. Their brain cannot argue with that. Yes. That it's is a fact. brilliant. 
That is brilliant. You know, just finding something about themselves that they do love that is believable, that they are willing to admire. And, you know, like you said, it can be eyes, it can be hair, you know, it can be a nice scarf. It's just something that creates that positive emotion that they can attach the feeling to. Right. And just make it a fact, something that you can't argue with. And like you said, a scarf. Mm -hmm. I don't feel beautiful yet, but I will. And I love how the scarf feels. Yes. I love what you're doing in the world. This is fantastic. This is really great things that you're doing and, and helping those people who, um, again, you know, the, the introverted people who are feeling a little bit out of sorts in an extroverted world, the people who have suffered from, you know, the anxiety and d- domestic violence and really feeling like they're not enough because of it and truly have those thought patterns that have been ingrained into them that are not serving them. And what you're doing with your business, again, BlossomToSuccess.com is really helping people to rewire their thinking and their belief systems and using these affirmations, you know, saying, and I will, and my eyes are a lovely shade of blue or whatever the case may be, is really changing lives. And I thank you so much for the work that you are doing in the world. And uh, do you have any last tip that you would like to share with the listeners on, on how they would you know, be finding their purpose or changing their thinking. I was going to say this. The world of social media is often a highlight reel. And there's something I'm trying to combat. It's the highlight reel. If you look at everybody who is somebody in the world, they tend to only post the best things that happen to themselves. So it gives us this false sense of, I've got to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. And we compare our worst to their best. Right. So I'm a huge, I, like even yesterday on my wall, I posted about feeling like a failure for certain things I didn't achieve in 2019 mm-hmm. and told people it's okay to feel that now. How can we go forward? Right. And yes. the biggest thing we tell introvert is you're not allowed to feel certain ways because an introvert is not the success pattern. The only people that are successful are extroverts. This is what society tells us. In order to be heard, you have to be loud. You have to be crazy. You have to be over the top. You have to be willing to go into a room with strangers and make them all your best friends in 30 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. Yes. And as they say, put yourself out there, not recognizing that there are different ways to put yourself out there. And an introvert, you have your own gift Mm -hmm. and your gift may not be the same as somebody else. And you know what? I'm going to tell everyone right now. It doesn't matter what your dream is, what your hope is, what your desire is, where you want to be. You're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. And do you know what? That is fabulous. Yes. It is absolutely fantastic to make mistakes. You have to accept these mistakes or failures and say, well, what can I do differently? (laughs) Because the more often what we do is we try and throw these failures under the rug. Yes. Try and pretend they never happened. Yeah, it's important to experience them and to feel them and to to learn from them and to fail forward and knowing that the success is part of the failure and the failure is part of the success. And it's just a part of the overall experience. And it's very important for introverts to remember this, more so than an extrovert. Mm -hmm. An extrovert is really good at overcoming failure by putting a loud face on it. Mm-hmm. If you notice an extrovert, what their habit is, is let's say they mess up. You see these performers and they're extroverts and they do something wrong on stage. They jump into it and they cover it up with something more crazy to be like, ha ah, look at me. I just went with it. Yeah. As an introvert we're, introvert, we're always told how to critique ourselves. So we play this failure over and over and over into our head and it can take us 10 steps back mm-hmm. because what we do is we play on it, but we don't 
come up with a plan to go forward. Right. right. So you have, and that's the learning from the mistakes and the learning from the failures that you said. People are going to screw up. It happens. It's life. We're not perfect. And that's a beautiful thing. Where the difference, where the magic happens is taking that mistake, taking that error, taking whatever it was that you felt that went so wrong and saying, how can I make it better? Right. Making a plan to go forward. Make a plan to go forward. I love what you've shared, Karen. Thank you so much. I want to just give your contact information out again. So on Instagram and Facebook and her podcast, Blossom to Success, blossomtosuccess.com and Karen at blossomtosuccess.com for the email. Karen, thank you for being on the show today and for really opening up and sharing about your deepest feelings as you were in the darkest times of your life and how you have transformed that into now helping others and helping others to really step into who they are and to use their hidden gifts. I appreciate what you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for sharing all these different stories for different people. It really is a blessing and I wish more people did what you did. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.